Hello and welcome to Today in Sports Betting. I'm your host, Doug Reed. And as always, you can find me at Doug underscore Reed 34 on Twitter. And if you haven't already, please check out Sports Ethos. This is a Sports Ethos presentation. You go to sportsethos.com and see our list across every sport, fantasy, wagering, DFS, uh, regular podcast, regular information. You can get a list of all our packages. We offer some great deals. I'm part of the Wager Pass group. So if you're into sports wagering, you can get uh, multiple podcasts. You can get information on all the sports at a very cheap price. And a lot of free information on our site, too. So check out sportsethos.com if you are into any kind of sports, fantasy, DFS, or wagering. Without further ado, let's get into a big slate uh, of games tonight. We've got the NHL playoffs rolling, NBA playoffs rolling, and every team in Major League Baseball playing today. So I'm not going to go into great detail on every game, but certainly going to quickly go over them. But we'll start on the hardcore in the NBA. We've got Philadelphia and Boston in the series tied 2-2. Home Celtics uh, find themselves seven and a half point favorites here. Two thirteen and a half is the total um, for the seven. The only notable injury is Joel Embiid is listed as questionable for the 76ers. And I think if he plays maybe closer to game time, this line drops uh, as of recording. It looks like he's going to play. I don't see this line moving a whole lot. It's pretty much been stuck in seven and a half uh, since it came out. I would actually lean the Sixers here, uh, especially with Embiid in the lineup. I think Boston wins. Uh, minus 300 in the money line for Boston, plus 250 for the 76ers. Um, but I would just lean towards the 76ers covering, but probably losing. I just think there's a few too many points to lay, especially in a total of 213.5, a, a lower scoring uh, game is expected. Second game at 10 p.m., these Phoenix Suns are in Denver to play the Nuggets. The series also tied at two each. The home Nuggets, six and a half point favorites. Total here, 227.5. You can get the Nuggets 250, minus 250 in the money line. Suns plus 210. The big news here is Chris Paul is out. So this is open at about Nuggets minus four. When Paul was ruled out, went up to six, uh, cruised to six and a half. And um, I would lean probably Denver here. Again, no play in either of these games. Uh, 227.5 is a total, which is pretty much. Come, remain static. I think it opened 228 and a half, so come down a little. I don't see a ton of money really going either way. It's kind of split, uh, so not touching the total. I would lean the Nuggets, if anything. So lean to the Sixers plus seven and a half. Lean to the Nuggets at minus six and a half. On to the Diamond in a huge slate uh, as baseball hit runs into May. Uh, we're a little more than maybe fifth of the way through the season, so lots of balls still to be played. But we'll go through this quickly. 6-10 in the East. We have the Detroit Tigers in Cleveland to face the Guardians. For Detroit, they've got ready Michael Lorenzen on the hill and the Bieber. And the, Bieber. The, the, the Guardians counter with Shane Bieber, their own righty. This year, Lorenzen, um, you know, it's, t- it's tough to really get an angle on pitchers. You almost have to look back at what they've done over their career and get a feel for who they are. Lorenzen, a converted outfielder, has not been a great pitcher. Uh, but Detroit is not a great team, and they need bodies you can eat innings. So Lorenzen is the man. 21 innings, 5.14 ERA, 1.38 whip this year. Seven walks, just 16 strikeouts, so very much pitching to contact. A lot of people have been talking about Shane Bieber and uh, his struggles. His fastball isn't quite uh, what it was before, um, and some of his pitching, some of his pitch mix uh, has been a little off. But when you look at his overall numbers, uh, he's done fairly well. 45 and two-thirds innings, 2.96 ERA, 1.07 whip, 12 walks to 30 strikeouts. So, yeah, he's not getting his huge strikeout numbers of his Cy Young year, um, uh, season a couple years ago. 
but he still pitched uh, fairly well uh, from what you know from what I can tell. He hasn't really been blown out in any one game. He's been given up two or three runs almost every game. Hasn't given up more than three runs in a game, um, but also hasn't has only given up less than two runs once, which was. Uh, in the first outing of the year against Seattle, six innings and no earned runs. So I like Bieber here. I like Cleveland. The problem is Cleveland, um, the numbers, sorry, I don't think I read off the numbers. Uh, the Guardians come in minus 200 favorites. Can't touch that. And that's about a 67, I think, win. Well, two-thirds is that, about a 66.7 uh, win probability. And... The Tigers come in at plus 170 in the money line. Total here is seven and a half. So low expecting, low scoring game expected. So I like the Guardians, not a minus 200. So I looked at the run line, plus 105. The problem with the Guardians is they just don't score enough. Their offense just isn't there, even against Lorenzen. Total here is only seven and a half. So you've got a low, just a little betting advice in baseball here. A low total at seven and a half means you probably don't want to pivot to the run line. So they're not expected to be a lot of runs scored. So that means the Guardians have to win by two, which is not easy to do. And um, you're only getting at plus 105, so not a whole lot of value there. Also, the Guardians are the home team. So if the Guardians are going to win, uh, they're only going to get eight. Of, well, sorry. If you expect them to win, you expect them to win in what let's call regulation, so in nine innings. Uh, but being the home team, if they do win in nine, they're only going to get eight at bats. They're not going to hit in the bottom of the ninth. So one less at bat. A seven and a half total is a low number. So at a run line of uh, minus one and a half, so they've got to run by they've got to win by two runs, and you're only getting plus one hundred five. Can't really touch that. I like I like the Guardians. I like Bieber, um, but I just can't touch that number. Next game of the night, six thirty five in the East AL East Division battle. Tampa Bay is in Baltimore. We get the righty Zach Eflin on the hill for Tampa Bay, and the righty Grayson Rodriguez on the bump for the O's. The Rays come in minus 130 favorites. You can get the O's plus 110 on the money line. Total here is eight. So fairly low, uh, considering the Rays are the best team by a, by a, quite a stretch in baseball. A total of eight uh, is what I would consider low. And that is because they're playing at Baltimore and Camden Yards, where they pushed the fences back a couple years ago. Um, more, Much more of a pitcher's ballpark now. And... Uh, Eflin on the year has done really well. I think everybody kind of questioned the Rays when they made this signing. I think it was their biggest uh, free agent signing ever. Uh, not a massive deal, but big by their standards. In 28 innings, 2.25 ERA, 0.96 whip, just three walks to 31 strikeouts. So this is not Zach Eflin of his career, but he has been pitching fantastic this year. Um, when I look through his game logs, he only started four games First game there, he gave up three runs to Oakland, of all teams, believe it or not, at home. But then one run against Chicago, two against the, the Chicago White Sox again, and then shut out Pittsburgh over seven innings with three hits and 10 strikeouts in his last outing a week ago. So I've been pitching really well, maybe not against the best competition. Pittsburgh has struggled lately. Oakland to start the year, though they got to him, and twice against the White Sox. So those numbers, I believe, are a little um, pumped up by who he's played. Rodriguez on the other side, uh, great pitching prospect for Baltimore, maybe up a little too early. 28 innings, uh, 5.46 ERA, 1.54 whip, not good numbers. 12 walks, way too many walks, and 37 strikeouts, which is impressive. So total here, uh, sorry, the numbers here, uh, the Rays are minus 130, as I said, uh, the O's plus 110. Total here is eight. And if anything, I would look to the over. Most of the money, I think, is coming in on the over. Um, I don't necessarily like going against the Rays. I think it was on the Rays the under yesterday. Uh, the total started at eight and a half. It's come down to eight. So money's been coming in on the under. Uh, I see right now about 37% of the bets, 40% of the money 
coming in on the under. So slight lean towards bigger bucks, bigger pros, so to speak, coming in on the under. Uh, I just think Eflin is not as good as he's been pitching. And he's good. He's doing well, no doubt. He's 4-0. Um, and Tampa's been fantastic. But I, and I don't think Rodriguez is going to be able to shut down the race. So if anything, I would lean to the over of eight. 635 in East. We've got Colorado and Pittsburgh to play the Pirates. Colorado comes in plus 150 in the money line. You can get the home Pirates minus 175 behind their young prospect, Luis Ortiz, who is making his first outing of the season. Colorado throws Connor Siebel, who's just pitched 18 and two-thirds innings this year. Three walks, 14 strikeouts, 5.3 RA and 1.5 whip. So he has not done well. Um, but the Pirates, I think, have lost seven straight. So I don't like taking the Rockies on the road. You know, we rarely play the Rockies on the road. But the Pits- Pittsburgh struggling. Young prospect coming up, but he's still a young prospect. And I think the Rockies at plus 150 are some value if you have the guts to take that big line. Uh, I think this is a coin flip game, maybe slightly towards Pittsburgh. So at a plus 150, who knows how this kid does. Um, supposed to have some good uh, velocity, so could get some strikeouts, but but uh, wildness has been a bit of a problem for him. So now he's going against major league hitters. Could be a bit of a challenge. Uh, so if anything, I'm not, I'm not on this game, but if anything, I would lean towards the Rockies at plus 150. 640 in the East. You get the Toronto Blue Jays in Philadelphia to play, play the Phillies. Toronto comes in plus 115 as the underdog. The home Phillies minus 135. Total here is nine. Jason Alec Manoa to the Hill, who has struggled. Um, they're, well, him and Kevin Gossman being their aces, but he has struggled this year. 36 in the third innings, 4.71 ERA, 1.651 whip, 31 strikeouts. So just under strikeout per, per inning kind of pitcher. And I think that's who he's going to be throughout his career. But 21 walks in 36.1 innings. You cannot do that in the majors and expect to have any kind of success. So Manoa's been struggling, no doubt about it. On the flip side, you have Aaron Nola, 42 and two thirds innings, 4.64 ERA, 1.13 whip, nine walks, 33 strikeouts. So kind of doing his Nola things. Um, but at minus 135, I don't really like backing Phillies here. The Jays' bats have seemed to uh, awoken, so to speak. Uh, come alive recently, and I think Manoa is Manoa is a better pitcher than what he's shown. And and if he not breaks out, but if he has a decent outing, he should be able to keep this game close for the Jays. And the Jay bats, I think, can beat anybody. So if anything, lean towards Jays at minus at plus one fifteen. Total here is nine in Philly. Bit of a big number, juice to the under at minus one fifteen. Uh, I think that number is right about where it should be. I don't want to go over. Sure, you can get a minus 105, but don't want to go over. Next game, 640 Nice. The Mets are in Cincy to play the Reds. And the Mets are minus 165 favorites. The home Reds plus 140. Total here, 10 and a half. Obviously, a lot of runs are expected to be scored, um, uh, played at this game. Now, Max Scherzer was supposed to start, but he was scratched with back in, um, tightness, which is not a good thing. Uh, considering he's had a tough year to begin with already. So instead, lefty David Peterson comes in. 30, 30 and two-thirds innings, 7.34 ERA, 1.57 whip, 10 walks, 36 strikeouts. So striking out guys, but just putting the ball, allowing the other team to put the ball in play way too much. Luke Weaver's also struggled. Only 16 innings, but 7.88 ERA, 6 walks, 19 strikeouts, 1.69 whip. So I was looking to the run total here, or uh, – 
to play the run total, but a, a ten and a half, just way too many runs. I mean, that, that's expecting eleven runs are going to score. This thing opened at nine. I think you got the nine and a half close to ten. The one shares are scratched. They went to ten and a half. Now I do see about eighty three percent of the money coming in on the over uh, the total, and forty six percent of the bets. So. Uh, a large difference between the number of bets and the handle coming in, which means the pros of the big money are jumping on the over. However, I wonder if that was more so when it was at nine or nine and a half at 10 and a half. Uh, right now it's juiced to the under minus 115. So the books are hoping you take the over 10 and a half. It's minus 105. Uh, don't really want to touch that one. Next game, seven to five in East. Oakland A's continue their series in New York against the Yankees. And you can get the, Home Yankees minus 275 is a favorite. The road A's at plus 230. Total here is nine. And for the A's, we have Drew, Drew Ruszynski on the mound. 9.1 innings, 7.71 ERA, six walks, four strikers, 2.25 whip. Obviously, you can't tell much in that short outing, but I think he's back from the KBO, Korean Baseball League, and uh, has not looked good. Just trying to pull up. Uh, he's only really had, I think, a couple starts, but he has not looked good so far. And with Aaron Judge expected to be back in the lineup, you don't really want to be throwing him, I don't think, in this game. Yeah, he's pitched five five and two-thirds innings against Cincinnati, gave up 11 hits, five runs, a walk, and a strikeout. And then three and two-thirds against Seattle, four hits, five runs, five walks, three strikeouts, gave up a homer in each game. The flip side of the game, though, is righty Clark Schmidt for the Yankees hasn't done much either. 29 and a third innings, 5.83 ERA, nine walks, 36 strikeouts, 1.7 whip. I think he's better than that, but he has really struggled. The Yankees were counting on him to do a lot here. And so I can't back the Yanks at minus 275. I never, I don't think I've ever played a, a, a money line that steep. Uh, Oakland at plus 230, you could argue there's some value because Clark Schmidt has just not done well this year, but can't do that. At minus, at the total of nine, um, I was looking earlier and it was eight and a half on DraftKings at minus 120. So they bumped that up to nine. I would shop around. If you can get, so right now the over nine is at minus 105. The under is minus 115. If you can get an eight and a half in the minus 115, the minus 120 range, I'd take the over on that. Uh, I don't want to go at nine because now they got to score 10 runs. I think it could happen. I was looking at team total, but the Yankees were at five and a half, I think. So I'm not betting on the Yankees to score six runs. The run line here is minus 130. Uh, that may be a play for the Yanks. I just don't know if I trust Clark Schmidt. Oakland is brutal, no doubt. And they've been struggling at the plate, but they've been hitting better on the road. So uh, I think they could put up a few runs. Lean to the Yanks. Can't touch the money line. Run line at minus 130 is a little high for me. So if anything, shop around for 8.5. If you can get over 8.5, I would jump on that. Anything, you probably have to minus 120. Next game is in Atlanta where the Red Sox are in town. You get uh, the Red Sox at plus 155 in the money line. The home Braves minus 180. The Bo Sox, uh, sorry, total here is 10. Just to the under, minus 115. And I would actually look to the under um, more pretty much because Charlie Morton pitching for the Braves. Uh, I think he, he has the ability to hold Boston in check. Nick Pavetta goes for the Red Sox, though. 30 and a two-thirds innings, 4.99 ERA, 12 walks, 34 strikeouts, 1.30 whip. So kind of doing his Nick Pavetta things. A couple years ago, this guy was a bit of a trendy pick, pick up in fantasy. Uh, I never really bought into it. He has stretches where he looks decent. But to me, he's very much a league average pitcher. Charlie Morton. On the other end, 34 and two-thirds innings, 3.38 ERA, 15 walks, which is a little high for him. 32 strikeouts, just under strike inning, 1.44 whip. Uh, those walks have been ki not killing him, but have been hurting him this year. Uh, I do like Atlanta here. 
Minus 180 on the money line, though. Plus 155 for the home Bo Sox. I said total here at 10. Can't really touch that. Atlanta on the run line, you can get a plus 105. Um, the way Boston's been hitting, I don't want to go against um, the Red Sox on a run line. So that would mean Atlanta needs to win by two. Again, if they win in nine innings, that means Atlanta only gets eight at-bats being the home team. So I'm going to stay away uh, from that. Sorry. That game as well. 740 in the East. We have the Padres in Minnesota to play the Twins. Just trying to pull this game up here. We have the home Twins at minus 115. Favorite, the road Padres minus 105. So just almost a pick em game, but slightly lean towards ten, the Twins. Total here is at 9, but juice to the over at minus 120. So the books are hoping you jump on the under 9 at plus 100. And to me, the wild card here is Louis Varland, their pitcher for the Twins. Good prospect. Hasn't done much yet. He's only pitched 10 and two-thirds innings. 5.91 ERA, three walks, 14 strikeouts, 1.5 whip. Can't really judge a guy on that. Um, but supposed to be a decent prospect, and they've got a couple openings in their in their um, starting lineup or their, for their pitchers. So he may get a bit of an extended run here. be interesting to see how he does. On the flip side, the Padres have Michael Walker going. 31 to third innings, 5.46 ERA, nine walks, 26 strikeouts, 1.4 whip. He has not been doing much, but the Twins are not a good hitting team. And so far, they're not a good hitting team. They've been struggling. So um, if anything, I would lean towards the under. But as you can see, the books are taking money to the overs. It's up to minus the, the nine is up to minus 120. So stay away from me. I just don't have a feel for this game. Uh, both lineups have been struggling offensively. Uh, although the Padres have a great lineup, so they can break out at any time. And I think the Twins are a better lineup, so not going to be on that game. 740 in the East, we have the Dodgers in Milwaukee to play the Brewers. And as I search for this game on my board here, there we go. Uh, you can get the road Dodgers as a favorite on the money line, minus 115. The home Brewers at minus 105. Total here is 9.5. Noah Syndergaard starts for the Dodgers. 31 to third inning, 6.32 ERA, four walks, 21 strikeouts, 1.4 whip. And I think this is who Noah Syndergaard is. Um, four walks, impressive, 21 strikeouts. So not all that impressive. Pitch to contact and 1.4 whip. Just way too many guys on base. And that's going to be a problem for him. He's not going to be as dominant as he used to be. Uh, Eric Lauer on the other side for the Dodgers, or pardon me, for Milwaukee. 32 thirds innings, 4.40 ERA, 14 walks, 29 strikeouts, 1.53. I think he's better than that. Um, this guy has flashes of brilliance where he'll go a month or six weeks where he's dominant, and then he'll put up numbers like he has here. So I don't think he's a one and a half whip kind of guy. Um, and I, you know, and I don't think he's someone's going to walk what 14 walks in 30 innings. So uh, four and a half walks a game. I don't think he's that bad either. So I think he's a little better pitcher than that. If anything, I would lean to the Brewers, um, but I don't like going against the Dodgers, so stay away from me. Minus 105, as I said, for the Brewers in the money line. Minus 115 for the Dodgers, 9.5 total. You can get the Dodgers run line at plus 130, and the Dodgers, when they win, they often win by two runs or more, so probably some value there, but stay away from me. The one game I am looking at, 740 in the East, the White Sox are continuing their series in Kansas City against the Royals. You can get the road, road White Sox on the money line at minus 150, the home Royals plus 130. Total here is nine, juice to the under though at minus one fifteen. For 
Chicago, you have Luke, Lucas Giolito on the mound, 41 two-thirds inning, 3.67 area, just nine walks, 41 strikeouts, 1.110, 1.10 whip. So he's been having a good start to the year. Bit of a rebound for him. People, A lot of people were hoping for this, um, but he's done quite well. So I like the way he's pitching. And he's going against a KC lineup who put up a lot of runs yesterday, obviously, uh, but I don't think they can continue. Um that hit that hot hitting. They had Jordan Lyles on the hill, 40 and a third inning, 6.690 ERA, 14 walks, 30 strikeouts, 1.39 whip. And what I'm looking at in this game is the White Sox run line. So the White Sox uh, come into the run line, got to do at plus 110. I get that on DraftKings. And I think that's what I'm going to be on tonight. Giolito is a much better pitcher. Uh, their bullpen has been brutal for Chicago, but if he can get them six or seven innings, and the White Sox bats have woken up. They've got Tim Anderson back uh, and leadoff just back for a couple games. Hasn't done much yet. Uh, but their bats have finally, um, they were cold for most of April. So they've come alive a little bit more lately. And I think he can hold the Royals in check. Whereas Jordan Lyles, I'm not really sure he's going to be holding many teams in check this year. He is struggling. As I said, 6.69 ERA. I'm trying to pull up what his uh, deeper numbers are here. So... When we look at what he's done this year, so 6.69 ERA, he's got a FIP of fielding independent um, of 6.52. So that's very much uh, what's, you know, his FIP is in line very much with his ERA. So he hasn't been fortunate or unfortunate. He's just been bad. So going to be on uh, the White Sox run line. And I'm also going to probably be on their first five total. I saw that on score better. I think it... Uh, Plus 100, so over two and a half, plus 100. I think on DraftKings, it was minus 110. Still like that. I think the White Sox get the Lyles and get to him early. When I pull up his um, when I pull up his games, he has started seven games this year, only pitched 40 in the third innings. Five of the seven games, he's given up three runs or more in the first five innings. And I think that trend can continue tonight. His last game was against – sorry – his first game of the year against Minnesota, he didn't do that, but he's done that in every game except uh, one against Texas, I think it was earlier. So five to seven starts, he's given up three runs or more in the first um, five innings. So at first five inning total of over two and a half, I like Chicago, put there on plus 100. Shop around, if you get a plus 100, minus 110, I think it's a good value. So those are, that's what I'm going to be on. Two plays in that game. 740 in the St. Louis travels to Chicago to play the Cubbies in an NL Central matchup. And St. Louis comes in as the underdog at plus 110 in the money line. The home Cubbies minus 130. Total here is 7.5. I think the wind's blowing in again and in Chicago, which is obviously a huge factor. However, the over is juiced to minus 125. Uh, you can get the under at plus 105. So obviously the books are taking money on the over. And um, the run line for the Cubbies, you can get a plus 160. For St. Louis, Jack Flaherty's on the hill. 34 and third inning, 6.29 ERA. Ouch. 22 walks. Another ouch. 36 strikeouts and a 1.63 whip. Uh, for Chicago, they have J Jameson Tyon on the hill. 17, just 17 innings, 5.29 ERA, 4 walks, 20 strikeouts, 1.29 whip. So neither guy has done very well. And Flaherty came out of the gate really bad this year. Um, when you look at his first couple starts, I'm just trying to pull up his game logs here. He walked, I think, seven batters in his opening game against the Jays. And then I think he walked four or five the next game. I'm trying to pull up. Here we go. Yeah, against Toronto, he walked seven batters in the first game, six in the next game. Everybody's talking about Jack Flaherty's lost in. 
His walks totals are brutal. 34 and a third innings, 22 walks. Well, 13 of those walks came in the first uh, 10 innings he pitched. Since then, he's walked one and five innings, three and six innings, two and six innings, two and four innings, or four and two thirds. And his last outing, he got shelled. He walked just one in 2.1 innings, but he gave up nine hits and 10 earned runs against the Angels. So not trying to sugarcoat it. He hasn't pitched well, but he's not all over the map the way, way everybody seems to be talking about him, that he's completely lost control. He's putting the ball in. A lot of teams put the ball in play way too often. Um, but his numbers aren't quite as bad as they look. So I'm not on this game. I don't like the Cubs. I think this is more of a coin flip. So I think there might be some value in uh, plus 110 for St. Louis. But again, it's a stay away from me. 938 in the East. The Houston Astros travel to Los Angeles to play the Angels. You can get the home Angels at minus 140. Favorite? The road, Astros at plus 120. Total here is 8, just the under minus 115. You can get the Angels at plus 160 on the run line. Great pitching matchup here. Houston sends their lefty, Framber Valdez, uh, to the 45 innings, 2.6 ERA, 10 walks, 45 strikeouts, 1.16 whip, doing his Framber Valdez things. And he gets to, unfortunately, uh, face Shohei Otani. 39 innings, 2.54 ERA, 18 walks, 59 strikeouts, 0.87 whip. I was looking at the Otani uh, strikeout prop. I've seen over 7.5 around minus 118 is the best I could get it. So minus 118, minus 20 on FanDuel. I like that number. Uh, Houston is the, I think, in the top four of the majors of uh, strikeouts. Obviously a good hitting team. Just trying to pull up their numbers here. But as far as fifth in the league, 9.5 per game. And at home, 9.52. So basically, nine and a half strikeouts per nine innings. So strikeout an inning. Uh, Otani should go probably six plus innings, unless he gets knocked around. Um, so you figure strikeout plus an inning, his prop seven and a half. I think Houston against, um, sorry, the, the Houston lineup, as it currently stands, against Otani in lifetime, they're struggling, they're, they're striking out 33% of the time. Or he's striking out 33% of the batters in the, in the actual Houston lineup. So one in three batters. If he goes six innings, he's going to face more than 18 batters probably. But even if he goes six, six, six plus, he should be getting to seven, seven and a half. So I like that number. I don't like the fact that it's around minus 120. So I might shop it around a little, little for that. But I'll look to the Otani uh, strikeout prop over seven and a half. I'm going to take a quick break. And uh, what we when we get back, finish the MLB slate and then hit the NHL. All right, back to the Diamond. In 9.40 weeks, we have Miami in Arizona to face the Diamondbacks. You can get the home Diamondbacks as the favorite at minus 115, Miami uh, minus 105. And my total here is nine, uh, juice to the over at minus 115. So a lot of runs expect to be scored. You can get, um, well, I'm seeing Miami, that's on, as the, on the run line at plus 140. So in this game, uh, we have... Young lefty for Miami, Jesus Lazardo going 39 to 30 innings, 3.66 ERA, 14 walks, 43 strikeouts, 1.40 whip, a little high in the whip. He's had some good outings, some bad outings. Um, and Arizona's been doing all right um, against lefties. They're a little below average in hitting, but should be able to put a few rounds across, I think. The question mark here is for Arizona. They have their young pitcher, Brandon Fatt, uh, starting. Pitched just four and two-thirds innings and got rocked last game. So one walk, three strikeouts, 2.14 whip, 13.5 ERA. Uh, good prospect, but just got hammered his first outing. And the question is, 
Now he gets the question is can Miami get to him? Now he has the benefit of going against a pretty weak lineup in Miami. Um, so I'm actually I would lean towards the under. This game went under yesterday. I was on the under. Um, and I think I would lean to the under. I think Lazarno can keep the Diamondbacks in check, hold them to three or four runs kind of thing. The question is, what can Miami do against uh, Brandon Fat? If he pitches well, he holds them to three or four as well. The number goes under. If he gets rocked again, the question is, can Miami actually do that? The number sails over. So if anything, I would lean to the under here, the under nine. Second last game night, 940 in the East. We have Texas in Seattle. Uh, to face the Mariners, which is an interesting pitching matchup here. But we have Mariners at home, minus 170. Then the Rogue Rangers, plus 145. Total here is seven and a half. So low-scoring game expected, though it is juiced to the under uh, at minus 115. Andrew Heaney starts for Texas. The lefty, 229 to third innings, 5.52 ERA, 14 walks, 31 strikeouts, 1.30 whip. George Kirby on the other side. For Seattle, 37 and two-thirds innings, 3.11 ERA, three walks, 26 strikeouts, 0.98 whip. So Kirby has looked good, but he's not uh, dominating, I think, the way everybody thought he would. 26 strikeouts and 37 two-thirds innings is not a good number. Um, he should be, I think, I think by all accounts, people think he's a strikeout inning kind of guy, and he's nowhere near that. And Andrew Heaney has been up and down, which is kind of typical of his career. He started, uh, let me see here, one, two, three, six games this year and got rocked in his first outing against Baltimore, gave up seven earned runs and two and two-thirds. But then over five innings against Kansas City, didn't give up any runs, five innings against Houston, no runs, six innings against Oakland, two runs, the Yankees, six innings, three runs. And then his last outing against Arizona, four and two-thirds, gave up six earned runs. So terrible first first couple outings, or first outing, then kind of seemed to turn around for three outings. The Yankees got to him. The Yankees didn't get to a lot of teams. And then he got Rock Bears on. So which Andrew Heaney is going, going to show up? And uh, I'm just trying to find uh, my stats against left-handed hit, left-handed pitchers. So Seattle's on going against the lefty. And they are – I had this up earlier. I apologize. Not very good against lefties. Right now, their triple slash numbers so, – so their batting average, their on-base percentage, and their um, – Slugging percentage. They are second worst team against lefties, batting 197. Uh, their on-base percentage is the worst against lefties, 267. And their slugging percentage against lefties is the third worst, 349. And they are plus 145 on the money line. I actually like Texas here. I haven't jumped on it yet, but I think I'm taking Texas on the money line. Seattle is not exactly crushing the ball uh, themselves. When I pull up their uh, overall stats this year. Um, they've been hitting their bats. The pitching has been decent, but their bats have kind of been struggling. Yeah. When I looked at overall uh, batting average, they are tied with Cleveland for the second worst batting average in major league baseball on base percentage uh, for Mariners is where are we here? Seventh worst at three Oh four overall. And their slugging percentage Again, they're not hitting for a lot of power at eighth worst. So bottom 10 in their trip, all, all, all categories of their triple slash line. And they don't hit lefties well themselves. So uh, I think, I think in, I think in general, um, the line is mispriced. I think this is more of a coin flip. Kirby has pitched well, obviously 0.98 whip, but he's not getting a, a ton of strikeouts. And I think this Texas lineup, 
could give could give them fits. They've been a very solid lineup, and I think they could put some runs in the board. Total here is seven and a half. I'm a little surprised at that because if he doesn't pitch all that well, the M's could put a few runs up, and I think they can get the Kirby. So uh, over is minus 105, so it's juiced to the under. They're obviously taking money on the under. Um, but I would actually look maybe to the over, but I think he's going to be on the Rangers plus 145 money line. Last game of the night, and this may be a little strange if you listened to him before, but let's get to it quickly. Washington Nationals are in San Francisco to play the Giants. Giants minus 245. That is about a 71, I believe a 70 or 71% win probability. And no team in baseball wins that much, especially the San Francisco Giants. Nonetheless, minus 245. You can get the Road Nationals at plus 205. Total here is 8.5, juice the under minus 115. You can get the Giants on the run line at minus uh, 115. You can get the Nationals run line, which is plus 1.5. So they can lose by 1, uh, and you'd cover. If they lose by 2 or more, you don't cover at minus 105. And that's probably where I'm looking. Corbin, Patrick Corbin starting for Washington. If you listen to my show over the last couple of years and been part of our wager password on Discord, you know I'm not a Patrick Corbin fan. Uh, oftentimes plays first five and had a lot of success against him on a first five bet, had a lot of success the past couple of years. Um, and he is struggling, no doubt about it. 38 and third innings, 5.17 ERA, nine walks, 27 strikeouts, 1.43 whip. That's kind of who Patrick Corbin is. The flip side is Logan Webb, the ace of the Giants' Sundale. 45 innings, 3.8 ERA, 7 walks, 48 strikeouts, 1.1 whip. But let's go back to some hitting splits. When I look at the Giants versus lefties, and Patrick Corbin is a lefty. Now, I know he's not a good one. But when I look at against lefties, the Giants are the seventh worst hitting team on average, 231. And... Where are the Giants here? Third worst on-base percentage, 294. And slugging, they are the fourth worst at 356. So they really struggle against lefties. They're playing at home, Oracle Park, pitching-friendly park. Um, so probably not a lot of runs scored. Logan Webb has been doing great. He's having a you know, yeah, it's a fairly fairly good season. Um, so I think he can limit Washington. But Washington has shown a little bit of life on offense this year. And at plus 205, I don't think I've backed Patrick Corbin on a money line, but that's at less than a 30% win probability. And I don't think that's right. You know, I think this should be more of a, not a coin flip, because Webb is a much better pitcher than Corbin. But the Giants have been bad, and they've been brutal against lefties. So... I'm going to be on the Nationals at plus 205, and I might be on the under. It's at of 8.5. It's at minus 115. I'm going to shop around. If I can get that up, minus 110 or minus 105. And I may also take the Nats on the run line, their own run line at plus 105. Pardon me. At plus 1.5, the number I see is minus 105. I'm going to shop around. If I can get that close to game time at even money or maybe plus 105, plus 110, I'll probably jump on that. So that is the slate, the big slate in Major League Baseball. And let's get to the ice before we wrap up here. Two games tonight. And we've got the Carolina Hurricanes in Jersey. The Canes lead the series 2-1. You can get the home Devils minus 155. The Road Canes at plus 135. Total here is 5.5. Uh, juiced at minus 110 either way. I would lean to the Devils. I think they have the ability to... Um, uh, even off this series, but at minus 155, that's just too big a price. I mean, they, they haven't been looking great this series. They, they beat the Rangers, look look good in their big uh, comeback in that series, down 3-1, but not 
willing to lay minus 155. Dallas Stars are in Seattle and the Kraken surprise after knocking off the Colorado Avalanche, they are surprisingly up two games to one in Dallas. You can get Dallas on the road at minus 140, the home Kraken plus 120. Total here is five and a half. Just to the over at minus 120, you can get the under at uh, plus 100. I would lean Dallas. I think they rebound. I think they're the better team, but the way Seattle's playing, uh, I don't really want to bet against them. So I would lean the Stars at minus 140 on this, but no real play for me. So, show lots of games to cover hope you enjoyed um the play. some interesting great nba two great nba games tonight two i think we're gonna be very entertaining nhl games tonight and 15 major league baseball games not a lot of action for me but i did like a few angles there and i'm potentially going against my patrick corbin fave every game he pitches theory this year I call it the fade Patrick Corbin train, and I might be on the Nationals to either beat or lose by just a run to the Giants. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hopefully you got some interesting angles, some bets, and make some money, and we'll chat with you tomorrow. <laughs>